If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the 10 tips to having your own cutting patch. I'm going to read, I feel like um, those people, Jack and Ori, because I'm really showing my age now, where they sat in front of a, they sat in front of a log fire, didn't they, and read stories. Um, I used to love it. Anyway, you could probably hear the log fire in the background, and it is a January day. Um, but I'm going to read the 10 top tips to having your own cutting patch, which is chapter three in the Seed to Bars book written by myself. So, well, you see, we keep looking for a home, but we keep finding this pit. So I just thought if we look for this pit, we might find home. Winnie the Pooh. The cutting patch. You've probably gathered by now how passionate I am about growing, harvesting and arranging seasonally grown British blooms. I've heard a multitude of different reasons why someone has wanted to start their own flower patch. And you've read some of these as we move through this book. But in the words of Julie Andrews, let's start at the very beginning. The question I am asked more often than anything else is, where do I start? So I've compiled my top 10 tips to get you started. Number one, size doesn't matter. Starting out, you'll need surprisingly little space for your cutting patch. It's not a garden, it's a patch dedicated to cutting, something totally different. It's an area you won't mind having bare patches when you pluck blooms from it. A great size to start with is a raised bed of about nine metres squared. If you can spare this size, you'll have ample space for 15 sweet peas, five cosmos, five dahlias, five sunflowers, a row of magnificent cornflowers, along with some roses and a handful of herbs, such as mint and rosemary. If you have a little patch, be it in a corner of an allotment or something else, you can plan your cutting patch. If you have more space, you can grow more varieties. Think of it in lots of three metres by three metres. But remember, it doesn't have to be square. A long patch is equally as useful. Number two, you don't need to speak Latin to do this. Wrapping your head around what's an annual, a perennial or a biennial will take some time. But please don't worry. There's a lot of jargon used in flower growing, but you don't need to know it all. Here is a quick guide. Annuals are plants that grow for one season, and that is their lifespan. They are the most abundant crop and give instant satisfaction. At Fieldgate, 50 to 60% of our blooms are annuals. Perennials are plants like delphiniums that come back every year. The actual thing about perennials is they're meant to be two years or more. Biennials are just that. They pop up every other year. You grow perennials for reliability, shrubs for foliage, bulbs for early spring colour, but you grow annuals for delight and sheer abundance. Number three, grow what you love. Above everything, it's important to grow what you love. Grow flowers that remind you of your childhood where you spent endless days outdoors. Grow the flowers that you've had in your wedding bouquet or grow the flowers that fill you with love and through poetry or literature. Some of my favourites are below, 
but you will find lots more in the garden chapter. Amimages, those lace-capped white flowers are delicate and beautiful in any arrangement. Cornflowers, traditionally a mix of blues and whites, cultivated variants come in blues, reds, whites, pinks, and almost black, the black ball. Nigella, no cutting pouch is complete without Nigella. It's just so beautiful and natural. Scabious, annual scabious is a quick to germinate and easy to grow. Sweet peas, known for their beautiful fragrance, these are easy to grow and come in hundreds of varieties. Dahlias, a must in every garden and there are just too many to choose from. Amaranthus, a stunning addition to any vase. They come in shades of greens and burgundies. Cosmos, known as the easiest cut flowers to grow, Cosmos is prolific and comes in many colours, bringing shape to any vase or arrangement. Tulips, here at Fieldgate, we grow up to 40 different varieties of tulips. The range of colours they grow is just spectacular. Adding some perennials to your borders to supplement your flower garden is also a really good idea. You won't go far wrong if you're adding salvias, lavender, peonies, verbena and veronicas. Number four. Choose your position. Initially, I'd recommend somewhere sheltered. The wind is a cut flower gardener's enemy. Building a wall is no use either, as the wind will hit it, crash down and flatten all the hardiest of plants. Think about using trellis or hedging instead. Even better, use some foliage plants such as eucalyptus, viburnum and pittosporum as windbreakers, and you'll be rewarded with endless foliage for your arrangements. Rabbits aren't always cute. At Fieldgate, we suffer from intruding rabbits that have a taste for flowers. Don't get me wrong, we love rabbits, but I'm t- known to turn into Mr. McGregor when Peter is munching at my dahlias. For a small plot, think about edging with chicken wire, but ensure that the bottom edge is placed beneath the ground. Number six, keep things turning round. Plants are rotated to avoid the build-up of pests and diseases. This isn't such a worry if you're growing annuals. But once you have a bug and get into a bigger plot, rotating your growing space will be essential. Number seven, make sure you have some support. Now, this is more important than anything. At Fieldgate Flowers, we use Harris Fencing. Yes, Mr Chandler owns a construction company and all sorts of supports are found in the yard. But when you're planting on a smaller scale, you'll need pea, netting, string and twine and plenty of canes. Top tip, get the support in your plants before you think you need it. Number eight. Get down and dirty. It's always a good idea to know what soil you're dealing with. So it's worth investing in a simple pH and moisture meter from eBay or a local garden centre. It will set you back less than £5. Remember, whatever soil you have, you'll need to add compost and nutrition to it. Annual plants grow from seed to cutting in about 12 weeks. But this takes a lot from the soil, which needs to be replaced. Keep a space in your garden for compost. It's the best source of food for your garden. Number nine. Look after your plant babies. And this you may not have the luxury of a greenhouse or a polytunnel, but don't let that put you off. A good warm windowsill will be a good start, as will a small cold frame. Always better to start small and build. Going big right from the start will be incredibly daunting. Number 10, a hare and a spade. A lot of seeds are sown directly into soil, taking things from seed to plant in about 12 weeks. So think about continually sowing and growing. Cornflowers, for instance, are sown every two weeks here right through the season from April to July. But above everything, do, do, do get out there. So we hope that you will join us on our free masterclasses and learn all about why cut flowers are so marvellous.
I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business. And our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.